I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. I want to wait. There's a bench over there. I'll be back. A cyborg killing machine is sent back in time and programmed to execute a young woman whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this week on Extras and Epilogues, part one of two, it is Passion of the Christ starring Jim Caviezel. That is the plot, isn't it? No, no. No. Is that not the plot? I like that this is the new Friday, it's Saturday, bitch. <laughs> well, this is my new... I'm always sitting here going, what fucking movie is he going to throw in? <laughs> I, you know, that's because the Friday, it's it's Saturday bit no longer applies. Because with the way I post shows sometimes, never. you never know what day it's going to be posted. It, it could be anything. <laughs> no, ladies... <laughs> hey, guys and gals, welcome hey. to the theater. Uh, it's been a good year. As we continue our tribute to Michael Bean on Extras and Epilogues, double feature all month long in December. My name is Shannon Young, and uh, this this is Extras and Epilogues. Tonight we're talking about The Terminator. It is a absolute uh, classic sci-fi horror? We're going to talk about that here in a second. First, let me introduce my co-host tonight and the only person on the show with me, Double H. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a while. I was also I was gonna do a line like I normally do, but when it's just the two of us, it feels it feels weird because we're gonna do that <laughs> at some point anyway. I was gonna I was trying to think of the exact bit. The uh, you know oh, it's laundry day. Everything was in the wash. Oh, yeah, laundry day. <laughs> nothing clean. <clears throat> nothing clean. That's what it is. Funny That's part about that. Um, that actually, I don't know if you realize who two at least two of the three actors in that scene is Bill Paxton. Well, Bill Paxton, right? Uh, Brian, Brian Thompson is the one that goes nothing clean. Who famously okay. I've argued with, I think Kaz, I think it's Kaz I've argued with a thousand times about his portrayal of Shao Kahn in the Mortal Kombat Annihilation film. Which, oh, because okay. I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember Brian Thompson being this gigantic man, this larger than life buff dude, and then when yeah. you know I, I watched it again, he's really he is in shape, no doubt, but he's not. He's not as in shape as I thought he was, and certainly not as in yeah. shape as Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. Oh, my God. Beef planet. It is a jacked kind of night here on Extras and Epilogues. I'm jacked. <laughs> Hunter's jacked. We're ready to jack together. And- oh, wait. Wait. No, wait. Wait. <laughs> Released October 26th. Oh, what's that? Uh, I was just going to say, you mentioned it earlier, so we talked a little bit about this last week, uh, that, that we're doing this double feature for, for Extras and Epilogues yeah, for this month. Right. So, like, one, one, day, one day a week, you're getting your normal Extras and Epilogues. It's it's December, so you're getting your Christmas movies. Absolutely. Uh, tomorrow, we're doing an episode over Home Alone. We're bringing Lindsay in for that, by the Absolutely. way. Uh, yeah. A seminal Christmas classic. But it's also been a good year. We realized when we did Tombstone last week, <laughs> and it happened to be December 1st, right. uh, rather than being the end of Nostalgic November, it kind of filled everything. It was the end of the Nostalgic Month, because Tombstone is one of our most nostalgic movies for me, you, and Kaz. Uh, yeah. But also, of course, Michael Bean, one of his greatest roles. And yeah. it's kind of a Christmas movie. It came out on Christmas Day. It ends on a Christmas note. It's true. So uh, we, we, we kind of rolled it all into one. And you you had the idea that, again, it's been a good year. It's been a good and year we would, for us. Yeah. 
who would double up all months with double feature December uh, and and every other show that's not a Christmas show is is a great Michael Bean film. So I wanted to throw this in early uh, because again he's he's listed as part of the main cast. Michael Bean um, plays uh, is he Corporal Kyle Reese? I don't remember if he gives his his role his. Uh, I think level he does, the, but I can't level. remember exactly what rank. But it's definitely Kyle Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so he almost didn't get this role. I did not know this until I was looking today. For for each one of these, by the way, I'm going to include a very specific fact about Michael Bean. Yes, um, he almost didn't get that role because in the first audition that he went in for for Terminator, he was using a Southern accent, <laughs> which seems inexplicable until you learn that he was trying to um, get a part in the stage production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Now he didn't get that role. And they almost didn't get this one because the producers went to his agent and said, well, we like him, but the accent makes him seem like too regionalized. He comes from a specific region if he has that southern accent. Right. And we want him to be more more overall. And his agent responded, what accent? <laughs> he, it's so that sexist meme. He says uh, he has an accent. He goes, no, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the agent went to Bean, who went to the producers. They all got back together. He redid it, and they went, "Oh, there it is. That's the guy. That's who right. we want." So also, I, uh, I just wanted to make sure that got it there. <laughs> special announcement is that um, yes. you know doubles are great, but triples yeah. are best. This week oh, only, you're getting three episodes of extras and epilogues because what just signed on the dotted line about a day ago. Uh, I'm going to be doing a special episode with none other than Lord Farmer Billy Hills as oh, he and I are going to discuss Godzilla minus one. Nice. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Only reason Hunter's yeah, not invited I'm to this is because he hasn't seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm interested in seeing it, but I, I doubt I will catch it in theaters and you guys have already made it. So yeah, totally. Right. That's yeah. awesome. It's one of those things. It's like when we did Ghostbusters and we invited uh, Austin Lane on um, yes. Billy. Billy's one of the biggest Godzilla fans I know. So as soon as we both saw it. and remember famously last week, I mentioned that I stood him up on a date when we were supposed to go watch <laughs> it together. So you did do this. I kind yeah. of, I kind of owed him <laughs> there of so that, yeah, that'll be this week. That'll probably be later this week on probably like Saturday. So we'll have uh, yeah. terminator tonight, home alone on the next E and E and then Godzilla minus one at the end of the week. One, Hell one week yes. only triple triples are best. Uh, Stacked week. Hunter, I have some trivia as well for Michael Bean in this yes. film that you don't have written down. And I want to get it out of the way now before yeah. I forget it again for the third time. Um, <laughs> famously, there's a scene in this movie where Michael Bean is holding his gun. I think it's one of the future scenes. And okay. uh, <laughs> Konami took that picture. And that is the cover for Metal Gear on Nintendo and, and the, the original oh, Metal Gear. Shit. Yeah, let me find that really? picture real quick. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to go look. I'm curious now. So this we're talking the Metal Gear like solid series, but before it was solid. Before, yeah, back when it was just Metal Gear on Nintendo. Okay, I'm posting in the chat now. I see it right now. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's so obviously having just watched the movie. Yeah. yeah, that's very clearly Kyle Reese. They straight up stole Kyle Reese, Mike Michael Bean's pose. I mean, his look and everything from from Terminator for this. They also, yeah. you may be interested <laughs> to know that if you ever look up the Contra box art, they stole that from I believe Rambo and uh, Predator. So one of the that characters is Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, yeah, in Predator, and the other <laughs> character is Sylvester Stallone in Rambo. Oh so I don't know what was going on with Konami at that time, but they were straight well, up jacking images. Not to mention the in the Contra one in the middle, that is just a xenomorph. That's a xenomorph. Yeah, <laughs> that's a xenomorph face, and then the, the like the legs are like curling up around. I mean, it's just that may as well be clip art. Yeah, they, like, they, they just. <laughs> 
it's just Photoshop before Photoshop. How'd they what get the away with man? it, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, my God. Also, interesting to note Phenomenal. that uh, Metal Gear was released under the Ultra brand, which was Konami's secondary yeah. brand that they used to get around Nintendo. That's that's a different show, though. You'll have to wait for, like, whenever we come up with a video <laughs> game show, we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll, they'll put it on, yes. uh, I don't know, what was it called? Nerds and Nitwits. What was Jesse's show? Nerd, nerd, nerd. I think up. that's it. I think you got it right. It was nerd that's, the, that's the new one that's coming out. So, <laughs> Terminator. Oh, Let shit. me get some of these stats out before we derail again. <laughs> Released October 26, 1984. Written and directed by James Cameron, a young James Cameron. You may know him from his yes. more famous film. I'm going to try to think of a bad one. Yeah. You're trying to think of a bad one, and then you go, shit, Titanic, Avatar. Well, Avatar is bad, but that's, that's true. it made a shit ton of money. Um. <laughs> I think the only thing I could come up with was Piranha, uh, because I believe the original Piranha, he didn't he didn't direct it, but he oh, yeah. was he was part of it somewhere, unless I'm crazy. I might be crazy, Now I'm going to have to look it up. It seems right. James Cameron had a part in something. He he started off, because I think he was a, a film student, film student of uh, Roger Corman, and yeah, he had something to do with uh, with an old old film. I'm, I'm gonna look it up before it drives me nuts. So so while you're doing that, um, yeah, Piranha Two: The Spawning. He did the screenplay for it. Holy shit! Yep, nice. Um, I did. I didn't put it up here, but I did put it below. Written in, uh, Terminator was written and directed by by James Cameron. Famously, I mean, this is very much his his baby. One of the big franchises that he spawned. Um, but he also worked with Gail Ann Hurd on this, who went on to produce a ton of other stuff, including The Walking Dead. Mm. Um. I think she she either produced The Walking Dead or was a showrunner on it for a very long time. Uh, they were married very briefly, but this is this is where Cameron did all his like what he and she both called uh, guerrilla filmmaking. So quite literally, a ton of the shots in this movie are not permitted. They they didn't go to the city and get permits or anything like that to film in the area. They just started shooting. Right. Um, couldn't do that today. <clears throat> no. Well, <laughs> but there are there are a ton of people in the movie who are just real people. They're not actually extras. They didn't know they were in a film. If they're walking around in the background, they just happened to be where they were filming. Yes, yeah, Schwarzenegger actually legitimately killed a punk in the beginning of the film in real life. The guy yeah. didn't even know yeah, what was just happening. Just right through just his put his right through his stomach. <laughs> sure. He did have to get up at 3 a.m. once. Evidently, there was one of the motorcycle scenes that Cameron wanted to reshoot, and uh, he he called Schwarzenegger at three o'clock in the morning. Was like. It's the perfect time. We have the perfect spot. We need you to get here right now. And so he just threw on his costume and <laughs> just showed up. Uh, yeah, I can totally <laughs> see that. There, so there is a film before uh, one last derailment. I promise then I'll stop. I forget the name of it. Lindsay and I watched it years ago. You talk about guerrilla filmmaking. It, it's a horror film set in Disneyland. And they legitimately filmed okay. it in Disneyland. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about this. It's yeah. not good. It's not a good no. film. It's an interesting. I thought it was interesting. But it wasn't good. Yeah. Well, that's like uh um oh I can't think of his name. He plays uh Agent Wu in the the MCU. So he's in the Ant Man movies, uh, and he was in WandaVision briefly. Um fairly famous Asian actor whose name is completely escaping me. Anyway, um he before he did that, if I remember correctly, it was him. He and a couple of his friends uh in, in his home country and save me, I can't remember which one it was. Um did this like little mini series where they ran around to retail stores and filmed a soap opera, like a comedic <laughs> soap opera. And basically the episode would last as long as they could get away with before someone kicked <laughs> them out. And then it would be like the dramatic, like stay tuned for that. It was like, like an early viral video in the, the like late, late, uh, 2000s, early 2010s, something like that. Um, I, I, I love that kind of shit. Fuck a film permit. I, I don't, who cares? I think it's great. 
I think yeah. it's great. Just run around film wherever you want. You know, don't put anybody in film who doesn't want to be well, course, nowadays. Maybe right. we don't do that. But the locations, I think it's great. Well, Just find wherever you want. Go, man. Especially when you <laughs> when you think about it, a lot of people probably don't know this, but most films are filmed in like three places, three cities simply because yeah. of the tax breaks that they get. I know one of them, I know Georgia gets a lot of filming and I think Canada yeah, Atlanta in particular, yeah. Canada is a major country for it. Right. Um, and there is God, there's a European country that's escaping me. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff filmed in New Zealand, but that's less about like, come here and do this and look how beautiful this is. Like right. it's more, yeah. it's more, you want to be here. Not we're going to give you a tax break to be here. Yeah. But the, the, the permits and shit like that. I mean, a lot of that costs so much money. A lot of the, a lot of the films yeah. that are set, especially in like specific cities that are big on those cities are never filmed in those cities, which yeah. kind of takes and away this- from the specialness of it. This movie did not cost that much to make, mostly because there was so much of that kind of guerrilla filmmaking. Yes, in fact, now that you mention that, we're looking at a budget versus box office of six million dollars versus seventy-eight million dollars total. Which nowadays you would see seventy-eight yeah. million and go, "Oh, it did okay," but back then that was fantastic. Um, yeah, critical reception, absolutely. And this is a crazy one: one hundred percent critical approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-nine percent audience score. 84 out of 100 on Metacritic, which is universal acclaim. And it's it's yep. deserved. It's deserved. Uh, without mm. without spoiling too much about how I feel about the film, uh, I was always a huge fan of Terminator. It's one of my favorite series. I think this yep. is probably Michael Bean's biggest role. He's been in a lot of big movies, but he was the star in this, which you might not know because right. everyone says Schwarzenegger was the star. And I think people forget, and I was going to mention this, that when this movie came out, Schwarzenegger was not as big as he is now. This is part of what made him no. so big. And so Michael Bean was really the one that kind of pulled people in and Linda Hamilton and, and what a, what a great cast. I, you have it here. Linda Hamilton, uh, P- Paul Winfield, Lance Henriksen's in this movie. Uh, you get mm-hmm. your, you get your, uh, required Dick Miller scene because if it's an eighties <laughs> film, it has to have Dick Miller in it. He's gotta be in there somewhere. He's gotta be in there somewhere. Uh, Earl Bowen, I think is his name. I, I never really knew how to pronounce. He's the psychiatrist or the doctor towards the end of the film that, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then it says we're going to make a fortune on this guy. <laughs> crazy enough, one of the 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 boyfriend of the main character's uh, best friend, roommate. I, yeah, yeah, he is the same one that went on to play Tommy Jarvis in the uh, Friday the Thirteenth films. He also oh, no kidding. He also played in Return of the Living Dead as one of the main characters and and its sequel. So oh. he also had a pretty good pedigree. I can't remember his name, but he he was a fantastic actor. So yeah, yeah. It's just a good cast, good action. One of the things I love most about this film, and I'm going to say something controversial here in a second. I love the music. That 80 synth. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. it. I, I I, can't say I love it, but I do. Like, I, I wouldn't listen to it outside of this movie. And even as we were watching it, I, I, we've been watching Friends again uh, through. And I picked on it a little bit because Ross famously makes uh, terrible synth music. And I was like, oh, I didn't know they got Ross Geller to do the soundtrack for this, <laughs> which is not true because it's not terrible. Um, it's it's good. It just is very it's so synth heavy. It's very um, synth heavy. But it fit the time that, period. It, well, and that's what I was going to say. It fit the time period and it fit the movie. That and then the 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 club, the tech noir tech club. Noir, I yeah. mean, he, it just flashes the phrase tech noir over yeah. and over. And I'm like, well, if you didn't know what the movie was about or how you would classify it, <laughs> there it is literally yeah. back and forth. Tech noir. Um, Cameron, apparently, for what it's worth, because I, I, you know, I always do the research for this. And so it's, it's stuck in my head. Um, he made up that club for the film. It was not a real place. Obviously, it's almost in a strip mall. Apparently, though, made it look too good at the time because the set 
like security, the few people he had running that had to keep turning people away and going, it's not a real place. It's not a real go. club. It's not a real club. Yeah. Um, which I, frankly, knowing how he made the mil- movie, I don't know why he didn't just go, yeah, come on in. That's yeah. fine. You, you, you're an extra it, now. Get in here and start dancing. If you hear uh, shotgun <laughs> blasts, do not be concerned. You're fine. You're fine. If you do, just run that way. When you run, go out that door. Right. Towards uh, the camera. <laughs> And uh, it's a jewelry store now. I forget where it is. It's huh. somewhere in California. It is. It's a jewelry store and a strip mall now. That same location is still there. It's not called Tech Noir anymore. I don't think. But there's you know. there's so many little things I picked up on watching it this time than any of the other times I've watched it. And I've seen this movie movie many many times. Like yeah. the the when when they call her answering machine and she says, you know, haha, you're talking to a robot, but robots need love too. It's it's little stuff like uh-huh. that. They they throw in all these little <laughs> things that are very very cute, and I thought we're we're good with with being subtle and not being like hammering you yeah. over the head with it. I, I I a lot of the times I appreciate a good title card. You know, yeah. um, we talked about Evil Dead Rise, the first film we ever reviewed on the show. And one of the things I mentioned on that was that it was one of the best title cards I'd ever seen with Evil Dead Rise rising yeah. in the background. That was fantastic. I love this one, too. I love the way the letters come on screen. The, the synth is playing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's It really sets a good tone for the rest of the film. It's a weird comparison, but I didn't think about it until you were just now saying it. It is it was Stranger Things before Stranger Things, only it's yeah. tech heavy instead of um, just sort of generally eighties heavy. Because the the letters flying in the background, the the uh, computer like build up to it, yeah. uh, constantly having the flashing icon. I mean, it's yeah, it's the same. It's the same concept. Okay, so are you ready? Cool, for, you ready for the controversial statement? Yeah, hit me with it. Not a lot of people are going to agree with this. I like this movie better than Terminator Two. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. I think because and there's there's two big reasons for me. One is Edward Furlong. Look, I don't think I, I don't like child actors in general, and he did a fine job, but he's an annoying sure. little shit in that second movie. Yes. And he is very hard very to so. deal with. But the other thing is because Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't as big of a star in this film as he was in Terminator 2, I feel like a lot of the scenes feel I don't know, more organic, more terrifying. Like Schwarzenegger doesn't play Schwarzenegger. He, to me, he plays a Terminator in this and he's scary in some of those scenes. He has barely any dialogue. He is just this huge imposing presence. Yeah. Yeah. He's 14 lines in the whole film. He apparently, that role was supposed to have over 20. So this feels like a good time to throw this in. Uh, Again, I don't always put everything in the notable bits, but this is something I didn't know that I read about before I saw the movie and it kind of shaped my perception of it again. Because I have not seen this movie beginning to end like we just watched it today in... It's, it's got to be 20 years. I mean, mm-hmm. it has to be because I know that Sarah's never sat down and watched it with me before because she had never seen it. So this was literally first go around. Um, so from my understanding, if the if the Internet is, is telling the truth about all these and things, it is. Cameron was sort of uh, persuaded to have Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he didn't want Schwarzenegger in the movie. He didn't think that he fit the bill. He was Conan. He just didn't think it was going to work. So he was prepared to go in and pick a fight with him and tell the producers, you know, oh, he's just going to be hard to work with and all this. Um Schwarzenegger loved the script, was very kind about it. They became very fast friends and apparently are still friends to this day. Um, but it was Schwarzenegger who said, you know, I have a lot of, of feelings about your your villain because they wanted him as Reese. And it was Cameron who was saying, no, Reese needs to be thinner, wirier, you know, or more wiry, more, you know, just light. Yeah. Uh, it was Schwarzenegger who said, I got a lot of, of ideas about your, your villain. I think he should be quieter. I think I don't think he should talk as much. I think he should be more robotic in person than he should just be underneath. And that's when Cameron apparently went, oh, no, the Terminator is the star of the movie. Yeah. Even though he's the villain, even though he's the, the big imposing presence. And this is him. 
this yeah. is the guy. Yeah. Then it turns around that it's Schwarzenegger's agents who are going, you should not do this. Why? Well, because you're going to be playing a villain. You're not a villain right now. That's not what Hollywood sees you as. You're a hero. You're a big jacked action guy. You don't need to be playing bad guys. And it was him having to convince them that, no, I absolutely do. This yeah. is going to be a big deal. And, and he was, was right. It was the perfect role for him at that time because yeah. he is, he, you know, his lim- his English was still, change. yeah, his English was still kind of limited. He was still learning everything. He was Conan, which was a great role for him. But sure. when he spoke in Conan, that was probably the worst parts because of his acting level and his accent and all that. But in Terminator, because he had to speak very little, it came across more organic for the character. Like you believe that character was robotic and deadly because that character was robotic and deadly because it was played by a guy that couldn't, couldn't even speak English very well. So yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Yes. I agree with all these things. Uh, it's, it's also a good time to throw in another notable trivia here, which is, and I did know this actually, OJ Simpson was considered for the role of the Terminator, but the producers feared he was too nice to be taken seriously as a cold-blooded killer. That aged yeah. like like milk. <laughs> Evidently, there is a Dark Horse comic out there, a Terminator comic from around 1990 that features him on the cover as the Terminator. <laughs> That's horrifying. That's bad. That's if you had told me that was the case, I would have said, no, that's a cracked magazine cover. That's, right. that's definitely not a comic book, right? No, apparently it's a, it's a real deal. Um, we sort of glossed over it earlier, but I do want to mention runtime, 107 minutes. There it is. Sweet, Sweet spot. spot. Between 90 yep. and 100. Yep. I mean, between uh, uh, 90 and, and 120, between the hour and a half and two hour mark, that is where to be. This one's a little longer than some of the others that we discussed. And Tombstone went a little over two hours. This one comes in a little bit under. Uh, but I don't think it's too long for what no. is effective effectively a horror movie with a, a really strong sci-fi premise. Uh, I don't want to say grafted on it. That makes it sound like they don't fit together with those two things together. I mean, you, you need a little time to grow both of those yeah. premises. And so yeah. it spends most of its time early on being a sci-fi movie. And then it kind of becomes more of a horror movie toward the end. And that's a big argument. You need time to let both of those breathe. That's, there's a big argument on whether or not Terminator is a horror film or not. And a lot of people say, no, it's a sci-fi Absolutely thriller. I think it's a horror film. I mean, my God, yeah. you you have, I mean, he's no different than the Xenomorphs or Jason or Freddy. Right. He is just a walking, slaughtering machine chasing after this poor girl. And he, to me, is scarier than all of those other things because he, even though it's it's unrealistic, it's not out of the realm of possibility that something like this could exist, especially as we advance in technology. This right. could be a real thing one day, and right. th- that's scary. We're not scary. necessarily talking about going back in time. We're no, talking but just about something the Terminator that, itself, that, right? That gets into its its head, quote unquote, or what you know, effectively doubles for its head. That it has to do this thing, and it can't. I mean, okay, at one point in time, Reese tells uh, uh, Sarah Connor it can't be reasoned with. Yeah, it feels no it mercy. Doesn't feel any pity, yeah. any mercy, anything like that. And I remember in that moment going. I don't remember this little speech, but like, oh, like a zombie. Yeah. It's like a zombie. This is effectively a one zombie movie, only it's an extremely capable zombie. Right. Instead yeah. of just a, a shambling. I mean, you know, okay, at the end, he spends a lot of time shuffling, but still, because <laughs> he's, he's a little harder to break than that. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's a little harder to, to to mess up than, you know, just a rotting pile of, of meat. This is the scarier version. This is the yeah. indestructible zombie. Yeah. Um, until he, of course, is destruct, destroyed, destructed. 
Um, just say talk. <laughs> just say talk. Conversate. There's another part <laughs> in there where Reese is talking to the. He's conversating with the camera, <laughs> and he's he's talking to Sarah through the camera, and he's yelling. You know, this thing it won't stop. You know, it it it's this is all it does. I mean, he's just yelling it out. This yeah. is all it does. It will not stop until it murders her, and right. that's that's scary. It, there's a lot of films that I think took inspiration from this. The first one that pops in my head is weird as it is. Is it follows. Because it follows is about oh, a yeah. you yeah. know a thing that chases after this girl and will not stop until it gets her. That's very Terminator like, and I don't think yeah. any Terminator film past this. And there's a bunch of them. Most of them are pretty good. Some of them are terrible. I'm looking at you, Mick G. Um, <laughs> none of the other ones had a Terminator that was this scary. I know a lot of people talk about Robert Patrick and Terminator Two, and I do like Robert Patrick in Terminator Two. He makes a, sure. a fine Terminator, but the whole liquid metal thing, as cool as it is, it just does not frighten me as much as this giant hulking man you, that turns you into a the head, fucking robot. Right. It's it, the thing about the the T one thousand is it's cool, and that's immediately why it's not scary. Yeah. If it's cool, I can't be afraid of it. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. The Terminator is kind of cool in and of himself. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's got big ass guns, and he's just blowing people away. But the way this movie and a lot of it, I, I put to again a, f- a fantastic score, a very specific score, mm-hmm. uh, a very dirty, grimy sort of filming style. But a lot of it too is also just like you said, the way that Arnold plays him in this first movie he's totally emotionless it's not yeah it's not the same as the the robert patrick emotionless his emotionless is oh shit this guy is just uh, literally dripping cool right (laughs) i mean and you would think that of schwarzenegger later but this early schwarzenegger is so kind of robotic and kind of vacant and i think I don't want to put too much onto him as a person and as an, an immigrant in that sense. But again, you talked about this is really early in Arnold Schwarzenegger's career. He's not really fully comfortable in America yet. He's still trying to get used to what it is to to be here and to do the things that he's doing. And I think he, and I could be wrong. He can obviously correct me. Please come on the show and do so. Arnie. Yes, please. Uh, if it felt like he kind of injected that into the character that he he yeah. let himself just kind of be what did it feel like the moment that i got over here into a, a different you know part of the world and trying to learn the way that things go here what was it like then because that's kind of what this character is and this, only the emotionless version instead of the i have to actually live here and adapt and and this whole movie what i love about it unlike every other terminator that comes that you hit the nail on the head a second ago is nothing in this movie is supposed to be cool Nothing in this movie is supposed to sell toys. You know, once you get to Terminator 2, Arnold's wearing the black leather jacket. He's got the shades. He's got the one-liners. Edward Furlong, whether you like him or not, he's still that, like, rebellious kid that some kids could identify with. In Terminator 3, from this point on, from Terminator 2 on, Arnold's always cool as the Terminator in one way or another. Or he's parodying himself like he does in Dark Fate or in uh, Genesis and, and whatnot. But in this particular one there's nothing cool about it. They're not trying to make him likable. They're not trying to make him like, you know, sell toys. Yeah. He's wearing just a very basic eighties clothing. He's not got anything that's really recognizable. He, he doesn't do anything other than chase these people. And he's He's terrifying when he does it. Yeah. And, and I know we haven't talked a lot about Michael Bean here, but again, I think this is Michael Bean's biggest role. He gets to really show a lot of range. He's fantastic in the role. He is perfect as Kyle Reese, I believe, which if you don't think that's true, Go and watch later Terminators where Kyle Reese is played by Jai Courtney, who doesn't do a bad job, yeah. but nothing like Michael no. Bean and the sincerity that Michael Bean Not brings same. to the role. Yeah. 
No, uh, no. Kyle Reese, you talked about it too, is also a character who, if if we agree that he's not necessarily the main character, but he is absolutely the protagonist right alongside Linda Hamilton as as uh, um, as Sarah Connor. Um, Kyle Reese isn't cool either. No, he's clearly nervous and kind desperate. of desperate. Like he's, yeah, he's, yeah, desperate. He's he's constantly scrabbling to get things done. Uh, the coolest thing they do is put him in some Nikes that he steals. Yes, and that's it. Like yeah. that's basically the whole thing. You're not looking at this guy going, "I want to be like him." No, he looks like a homeless person. Yes, with a shotgun under his coat. Yes, before uh, who Rucker has gone did the worst. Who has gone through the worst possible future and is desperate to make sure that it does not happen in some form or fashion? Yeah. Um, we Sarah and I had this conversation while we were watching it because again, this is the first time that she'd seen it, and and we talk about this a lot when you see you know futures uh, in in any film anytime that it's like here's what's gonna what's gonna be like in a possible future. It's like yeah, if it's like that, I don't want to be there, dude. I'm good. You know, yeah. you're watching people who are just sitting around a hollowed out TV because there's a fire in it or they're like killing rats and like, Hey, that's your, your dinner. I don't, I'm not interested. I don't want to be in that future. So <laughs> yeah, no. So this guy coming back into, into 84, like even though it's a grimy, you know, LA version of 84, it's like, well, that's gotta be better than wherever he was. Right. <laughs> And, you know, he comes back with a bag of groceries and it's just stuff to make pipe bombs. And, and Linda Hamilton too. Um, she does not fit what we would have now in the lead female role in a movie like this, where they no. always have to be, even if you look at the later Terminator films, the female role, they're always empowered. They they're right. if you look at Terminator three with Christina Loken, even though she was the bad guy, she had to be sexy. You know, they, they, they avoided so many of the I Hollywood mean, five tropes. Minutes in, She's naked. Right? Five minutes into that film. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. But none of that happens in this movie. There aren't, there aren't many of the tropes. No. They all seem like real people. They, they, they all come across very sincerely, and I really like that about the film. I I do I really do think that this is better than Terminator Two, but I don't know how to quantify that because other than things I've said, because I still like Terminator Two a lot, and I think it's one of yeah. the best films I've ever seen. But there's just well, something about this one that feels a little bit more sci-fi and a little bit scarier and grimier, like you said. That feels yeah. a little bit I don't know. It feels a little bit more right. So you, you said that earlier, and I was going to say something about it, and I totally forgot. I'm glad you brought it back up. I, I also have not seen Terminator 2 in a long time. I know for a fact I've seen it more recently than I've seen this one, and I don't remember specifically why, but I just I, I distinctly know sometime in the past, like, 10 years, I've definitely sat down and watched that movie. It's not something I watch all the time. Um, I'm, I'm reasonably certain that Sarah has seen it, but she said she hadn't. But anyway, um, I could have sworn that we did. It, what I, what I remember of it and in the comparison is very similar to, so we talked about it just a day ago with uh, Alien and Aliens, right? It's almost mm-hmm. a direct comparison. The first Alien is a grimy horror movie set in space instead of, you know, on Earth with Terminator. Um, and the second movie is a high-octane action movie with the same, you know, characters. James Cameron. And adding new ones. Michael right, Bean. Right, same deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to me, the better comparison for what you're talking about and to to clear up i think why you think that and for what it's worth from what i remember i also i also think this one's better i really really love terminator 2 i think judgment day is is a great film but we're for long as annoying as most child actors are like you said um and it's it's just not the same thing it's not the same setup uh i really like the the very strict focus on here are three characters whose fates are intertwined let's see what happens instead of just yeah instead of just let's blow up a semi-truck every five seconds because this movie has that too you still get that um, it's the payoff but at uh, the end right yeah to me the better comparison is ghostbusters but in reverse you and i have said a million times over mm. 
I understand the first movie is objectively a better movie. Right. That doesn't mean that sometimes I don't like the second one better. Absolutely. I just really want to watch the second one better. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is. Like, I understand why Terminator 2 is such a bigger deal it's than more the original marketable. one. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like Street Fighter. Like, when you say, oh, I really like Street Fighter. No, what you mean is you like Street Fighter 2. You have never right. played the original <laughs> you didn't even one. Know there was a Street Fighter 1, anyway. right. Exactly. Right. Uh, but but this is kind of the same thing. You know, I understand that that the first Ghostbusters is objectively a perfect movie. We've talked about it a million times, but that doesn't mean I don't really like the second one where everything's already established and I can mm. run with it and go with it. This is the reverse of that. I can watch Terminator two without having seen the first one and know enough of it from the zeitgeist to go, I get what I'm getting. Let's get into the action. Here's the characters. This is going to be badass. But sometimes I want to go back to that first one to go. I just really want a cool ass sci-fi horror movie. Yeah. I just really want to watch a metal skeleton slowly chase an injured woman through a, a foundry uh, and get crushed in a hydraulic press. Like I, that's what I want to see. And it'd be played like a horror movie and not like an action movie where she has a, an M 79 grenade launcher, you know, yes. like she has Although, nothing but a button. Dude, <laughs> the, the difference, this has always been one of my big, Oh my God, I can't believe that's the same actor. The difference between yeah. Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor in oh this movie and Terminator 2. Close. Even, but it's yeah. deserved. It's earned. Like her character has been on this trip and the change from yeah. this really pretty stereotypical pretty girl who doesn't really know how to do anything uh, that sounded bad yeah. i didn't mean that i meant combat wise she's not a fighter she's she not a killer much. yeah yeah when, yeah when reese says that about you know the it's a pretty good field dressing and she's like thanks it's my first one right like i mean she quite literally says i don't know how to do this stuff and I, she continually says i think you got the wrong person yes and, and then, like, by, no, but, then no, I don't. but part part two judgment day you see that he was absolutely yeah. right and she becomes what she was destined to be and it's so organic and it feels so good um, oh man we we talked about it at, on an episode of ad last month uh or no not last month uh october back in october because time was a construct and it flies way too fast mm -hmm. uh we did it we did an episode about final girls and we yeah. talked about like the best list of, of final girls to me there are a lot of great final girl, final girl shots in horror movies uh, worth discussing. The end of most of the Scream movies, um, uh, the end of Ready or Not, obviously, you know, in-laws, that whole thing. The end of this movie is the epitome of a final, final girl horror movie shot. I cannot say that back to back for apparently. Um, <laughs> her in the Jeep with the dog, right? She got the dog, a great little callback. I to, love hey, we that. Keep dogs around, they yes. can tell the difference. That's so good. Uh, so she got the German Shepherd, exactly the same one, takes the picture, you know, nice hustle kid, Quattro, like that, that whole bit. And then the he says there's a storm coming. I know. And, and just driving off. Oh my God, get out of here. So, man. okay, but I'm what glad a great ending. I'm glad you mentioned that scene though, because is it just me or does the final shot of her driving away look so almost fake? It looks fake, but in almost it's like a, a painting. painting. Yeah, it looks it's like a painting. painting. That's it's exactly gorgeous. What, that's exactly it's what too gorgeous, yeah. but I think that's yeah. the point. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's it's, what it is. So, if beautiful. you look closely, there are a bunch of movies who that, that do this well and some that don't do it as well. And sometimes the problem is the painting is too good to me. The best example of a matte painting background, other than like basically every star Wars movie has great ones because a ton of their back stuff, Ralph McQuarrie was doing these incredible matte paintings for mm -hmm. like Hoth and everything. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which we just covered a couple of weeks ago, is one of my favorite ones because the ending shot of the the warehouse where the Ark of the Covenant goes is a matte painting. Uh, you can actually see the actor get right up to the edge and then turn down an aisle, and the way that he turns, you can tell he's at the edge of the painting. Right. Uh, 
but this one it, it it's a little too clean i know exactly yes. what you mean the coloration is a little weird it's a little too clean and so it does feel a little like that's strange i i, I feel like that was an artistic that choice did, though i well and i think part of it also came down to um it might have been an onset thing where they just ran out of a set because there is famously a story about that guerrilla filmmaking where they filmed part of this scene uh at a, a strip in the desert where they did not have a permit well sure enough i think it was arizona uh sure enough cops showed up wanted to know what they were doing because of course there's you know various things and roads blocked off and gail and heard stepped in and convinced them it was a uh, a student film production that they were doing, you know, as a, as a project and to let them continue. I suspect they got as much as they could. And she had to probably tell James, we have to go. Yeah, we <laughs> We're going to yeah. have to get a matte painting to finish this out. <laughs> you mentioned the ending to Terminator. Um, all three of the original trilogies have to me, the best endings in sci-fi movies, all three of them. I, I know Terminator three gets a lot of flack. I get it. It's not a perfect yeah. film. I still really like it. But Terminator 1, spoiler alert, if you've never seen any of the other Terminators, why are you listening to this? We haven't even told you what the plot is. That's how that's how much we believe you know what Terminator is. We haven't even told you what the right. movie's about. Um at the end of this movie, she drives off into the, you know, into the into the mountains and um it's it's really kind of hopeful yet also ominous. Yeah. And the second one is probably the most hopeful one but also a little bit sad because, you know, obviously the yeah. Terminator's dead. And to me, I, I know Terminator 3 gets a lot of flack, but I think Terminator 3 has the best, probably my favorite ending of the entire Terminator franchise because it it tells you that you can't you can't stop the inevitable. You can't stop Judgment Day. You can delay it, you can pause it, but you can't stop what's coming. And it did not have the happy ending. The bomb started to drop. And to me, that is a great ending that, yes, yeah. it totally flies in the face of Terminator 2, but, you know, hey... <laughs> Then they made a bunch of ones that were really terrible. <laughs> right. Well, my understanding is one of the most recent ones that was better, maybe kind of diverged that whole thing. Okay, so there's one version of what happened, and there's this version. Also, oh, have, have you not seen Dark Fate? This one. So I, okay. Again, I know I've seen this movie, but it's been at least 20 years since I have. Seeing it today was the first time I really could solidify everything that happened in my brain. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen two like a handful of times. I saw it a few times when I was younger. Uh, it has been a long time since I've seen it, but I've seen it. I've definitely seen it multiple times. I saw three in the theater because I think it came out when I was in high school. I also saw it 2001 theater. somewhere yeah. in there. That seems right. Yeah. Um, saw it in the theater and I'm sure I saw it once or twice afterward because I know it was on TV a lot. That's where my Terminator viewing experience ends. Gotcha. I've seen one, two and three and that's it. I've seen nothing else. <clears throat> so with Terminator three, I do want to mention, I saw that with my ex-girlfriend Vina and when yeah. we saw it, I the, it was a packed theater. The only way, the only seats that were available were middle front row have you ever watched a film yeah. in the front row it's terrible liar liar we just talked about it not last week yeah last week on on uh ad i watched liar liar not only front row but way off to the corner oh you're cranking it your neck. was awful you're cranking yeah, your neck it's terrible, it's terrible. Hated it. so love that movie but i i was 11 i could get away with it then you know <laughs> after terminator 3 <laughs> They did salvation. Everybody was so excited about Save. And now we're getting to the epilogues at this point. Of you know what? Hey, let's let's wrap this up for the we Terminator. Well. And then yeah, jump into that. Time to do it. So uh of course on the show, as you know, our rating system, we follow the grades. Two thumbs up means it's an absolute classic, you love it. One thumbs up means you like it. Uh, one up, one down, you're neutral. One down, you didn't like it, two down, you hated it. I I know I praise this movie to no end, and I will praise this movie to no end. I'm gonna go with a single thumbs up though. 
And let me explain okay. why. Because I really like this film. I love this film. I love the Terminator yeah. franchise as a whole. But I think I can't put this on the same level as like Tombstone or as uh, Ghostbusters yeah. or something like that. I love this yeah. film, but it's not one I put in heavy rotation. So to me, this is the perfect thumbs up film. It's a great film. You should absolutely go see it. But I can't say this is like one of my all time go tos. So one thumb up for me. Yeah. That is surprising. I'm going to surprise you too, because it's two thumbs up for me. Oh, wow. Here's why. Yeah. So here's why I, I thought about this and I also, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I'm trying though on my end to not do too much comparison between what I've rated other movies. Cause I feel like at a certain time for me, that's going to just, everything's going to get bogged down in well, but you did this, but you did that. Mm. Um, I gave two thumbs up to a goofy movie a few weeks ago <laughs> and did. it was the first time I, it was the first time I had ever seen it, and I just really, really enjoyed it. And I thought, you know what? This is totally worthy of this, I think. I had a great time. I came out of it thinking I would watch that again. I would watch it again right now. Um, I did the same thing with this movie. Even even okay. if even if it is something that I don't think I would watch all the time, even if it has its flaws, again, some of the special effects are, are a little rough. Yeah, the, I want to talk about that in the just The dummy Arnold head yeah. is oh, rough, man. Oh, hold, save um, it. Save it. I want to talk oh about it. God. Yeah. <laughs> but – but it's also scary. Uh, but anyway, yeah, while, while there are definitely some flaws, it is an extremely tight script. Mm -hmm. It knows exactly what it is. It does not compromise in that. It is two very specific movies, two great flavors that taste great together. Yeah. Right. Chocolate. And um, yeah. And, and it's just, it's really, there's not anything to pick apart. I come out of this movie going, that was great. Yeah. That's exactly what I expected and what I wanted from this movie. At no point in time was I going, oh, this is awkward. We didn't even talk about, like, the only thing that I feel like could have faltered had it not been treated well is the the relationship um, yeah. between the two of them. And, dude, the line – okay, as soon as he said the line, I came across time for you. Sarah was kind of half in and out of the movie. She looks at me and she goes, are you kidding me? If she doesn't jump this guy right now. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah. That's a great line. Goddamn, makes and me wish I was a time traveler just to be able to use that. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I, I really – from an objective point of view, it's a great film. It and is. even if it doesn't hit me emotionally in the way that it does mm. you, or it does certain people who just love these, these franchises grew up with it. Yeah. Um, my, mine is the, it's, it's the inverse of the way that I rated a goofy movie. I, I understand that objectively it's not a perfect movie, but I came out of it going, that was the most fun that I've had in a while. And I would sit and watch it again. And I had a great time. So I'm giving it the emotional response. This time, I'm giving it the objective response, even though I can certainly say, you know, hey, there are things that could have have uh, not worked always for me that work for everybody else. Or there's, you know, the special effects. We're going to talk about it. I really just from an objective standpoint, it's a great script. It's a great sci fi film. It's a great horror film. I, I can't. To me, I can't give it anything less than those two. I, and I know I've given a lot of two thumbs up lately. So again, if you're if you were on the uh, perspective of a hey, you're you know I'm gonna rate it based on what you did in the past, well, sorry about it. <laughs> That's well, what I'm doing. You know, I I I legitimately I'm not just saying this because you said all that. I was gonna ask you if there was a rating somewhere between two and one because I like it more than one, yeah. but I don't love it as much as two. As weird as that sounds, I think we've. I think we've said it before and I forget what movie it was I said it about, but it's the, it, we don't really do this, but it's the, I got one up and I got one kind of wavering in the middle. Like yeah. It's a, I, it doesn't look right. And I don't know what it means. Yeah. That's probably an insult in a couple of different countries. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what it feels like is, yeah, I should do one fully committed and one thumb. That's like, Oh man, it's like right on the edge. It's a nine out of 10. 
right? Like yeah. it's as close to perfect as it's gonna get, but it's definitely got flaws that are worth discussing. And the flaws the, the, you mentioned the special effects. If I said anything about this film of like, well, what's the thing that what's the one thing that would hold this movie back from being like an all time classic perfect movie? It's the effects, and that's not yeah. their fault. They did yeah. what they could at the time. Yeah, you're, you're, like you're six million dollars. Six million dollars budget you spent on it. I don't know what was more offensive to me the terminator in stop motion which still looked cool don't get me wrong and actually made it a little bit creepier or right or it's the arnold head it's the arnold head when it's he cuts his eye head. out that's the worst it's shot the of the head, film 100 worst shot now, don't of the get film. me wrong it's creepy as hell because it's so it blaringly so obvious like though uncanny valley yeah. oh yeah it's very clearly not the same thing right um so it is creepy and that and that i think is where i give it kind of a pass because it is meant to be a horror movie at that <laughs> point and it's scary i'm into it like it was unsettling to watch even if i could tell it was not the thing um the stop motion terminator definitely got my attention and like basically anything once you get into um the the factory the foundry that's the foundry in the second one it's the factory at the end of the factory first one, the first one yeah. um between the stop motion one and even just the the kind of live action one, the puppeted one, obviously, yeah. um, the stop motion one. At first, I went, "Oh, that's bad," and then I went, "Nope, that's Terror Dogs." Yeah. How can I say that the Ghostbusters Terror Dogs are worse than that? It's the exact same deal. They're the exact same Yeah, and it Clay fits motion, better. Or claymation slash stop motion. Talk I mean, about claymation. Deal. It's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> What's up with it? It's exactly right for the exoskeletons too, because they are robotic, so they do right. move in that kind of herky jerky right. way. Uh, the other yeah. thing that I thought, I all right, so this is gonna sound weird. I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before. I hate sex scenes in movies. I hate them. Yeah. I just, I just do. Yeah. I think they're awkward. Usually, yeah. most of the time, they don't add yep. to the plot. They don't. This did add to the plot. To be fair, this was a necessary, right, it was necessary sex scene to yeah. a certain degree. Right. At, at the very least, the two of them, you know, getting together was necessary, and there's really no way to gloss over that having happened, uh, or now, put it in the dialogue. Like, hey, that was some. That was some good sex. sex. Sorry, I didn't pull out. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you have any condoms to go with that ammonia and the lead pipes? Or you, I like, think they could have uh, handled it in a way that, like, show them in bed. They start making out in the morning. One's in bed, covered up. The other's putting his clothes on. It's inferred. They, they, right. they. Just the sex scene. I don't know, man. It feels kind of not out of place. It's a little jarring, and I don't know how to describe it. It, it just. I don't like sex scenes in films. I think they're usually unnecessary and they're just there to titillate the audience. I don't think this one was right. except for the fact that they showed Linda no. Hamilton nude. You probably didn't have to do that, but whatever. So it's fine. I'll give it a pass. I was, I'm uh, not a prude. It was, <laughs> it was getting dark at the time that we were watching it. So I got up and I was closing the blinds around the time this was happening. So by the time that I got back around, it was basically over. And, um, at that point, Sarah had kind of started watching it a little more closely than she had before. And I said, you know, was it because I was like, I think this is what's coming up. And I said, so was it bad? She's like, no, I mean, it, it was like it was pretty tasteful. All things considered. All things, yeah. And she's like, and and I mean, you know, props to her. She's like very real. Like she it's it's very, you know, a real person. Like that's that's what a person looks like. Yeah. So <laughs> they didn't they didn't make it Hollywood sexy. You know, yeah, they didn't make yeah. a Hollywood because sexy. the whole movie wasn't. That was no, another thing. None I mean, of just it. the general the sheen of this movie yeah. is grimy and dirty and very real, and, right. and that's just fucking cool, man. You yeah. don't get that anymore. One hundred percent. And I know a lot of it is because, again, we didn't secure film permits. Good. We went to places that weren't sense. Good. Yeah. I, look, look. Make films do crimes. All right. Yes. I'm fine with it. You don't need do it. Do what you must. 
You don't need a gigantic <laughs> budget to make a good film. This movie had a six million dollar oh. budget, which for inflation would be more obviously nowadays. But sure, the, yeah. the Godzilla minus one that we're going to talk about later this week, myself and Billy Hills, that had a fifteen million dollar budget. Fifteen oh million dollars, and it nothing. looks and it looks amazing compared to the Hollywood nothing. Godzilla films, which are hundreds of millions of dollars to yeah. not look better. So a no. a big budget doesn't make a good movie; it just makes a better looking movie. And sometimes it doesn't even right. do that. Like Godzilla minus one. This movie looked fantastic. All right. That's the review. Let's get into the epilogues edition of this. Before I get your thoughts on what you want to see happen, let me break down for yep. you and for the audience what has happened in the later Terminator films. Yes, so please. this is Asa Gray's nightmare. This film is everything Asa Gray hates about life. As you were going to. As you're going to do this, by the way, the joke, if you had thrown it to me first, was going to be me going, okay, picture this. So a couple years later, right, <laughs> Sarah Connor is this incredible, <laughs> and we call it T2. Anyway. T2, because she has two T's in this one, I guess. Uh, Dope. <laughs> it turns out, I thought it was Terminator 2. It turns out it was S. Dingo. It was <laughs> <It's> Dingo. <laughs> Asa Gray hates time travel in films. I believe this movie gave him an aneurysm. This is the movie that convinced him to lose his hair. It it is a <laughs> convinced him to. <laughs> it was a choice. His, his hair just went. I'm out. I, this is enough of this shit. <laughs> if you're gonna stick around, fine. But I'm out of here. Dalton's hair went with him. They they joined up. They tag teamed. Anyway, and then they started fighting each other. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ace of one. So, uh, oh man, this movie's all about time travel, and a lot of the time travel in this film is questionable. But they also say it's questionable. There's a part at the end yeah. where Sarah Connor literally says, "You know, should I tell you about your father? If he hadn't sent you back, I, you wouldn't have been born. A person could go insane thinking about this." Yes, absolutely. Yes. That is how time travel yes. works. It doesn't, and if you think about it, it will explode your head. So. Kyle Reese was sent back to the past by his father, despite the fact that he would have had to have gone back in the past in the first place to impregnate Sarah, to have John, right. to send to the... So let's skip over that. We're going to gloss and, over that. And how does he get back to the future to be sent back in the first place? It's a different Kyle. <laughs> Look... <laughs> It's enough to make your head explode. But they did one thing at the end where the they, they tied it together, where the Terminator gets crushed. However, they save yeah. the chip and they save the arm. And then it's and the right. arm is very clearly dangling. In Terminator 2, these items help Skynet and Cyberdyne, or Cyberdyne create Skynet. So that yeah. that that's also a mind fuck. The fact that if the Terminator hadn't gone back in the past, they wouldn't have had the material to make the Terminators in the future to go back in the past. It's a giant mind fuck. Right. Let's skip over all that. Yes. Terminator 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger, good guy, teams up with Sarah and her son, John Connor, the future savior of mankind. They destroy everything, and the, the day is saved. Except it's not. Terminator 3, which, did that have a... Yeah, Rise of the Machines. Terminator 3, Rise of the yeah. Machines. It turns out you can't stop Judgment Day. John Connor is now living off the grid. His mother died, I believe, from cancer. And now it's up to him. He wants nothing to do with it. He's hiding from everything. They send another Terminator back. How? Don't know. Don't matter. <laughs> just just go with it. Done. <laughs> she it's the Terminatrix, which originally was supposed to be China, by the way. And they instead really? yeah, they instead gave it to Christina Loken because they wanted an actress yeah. and not just someone that looked yeah. like the 
like Arnold Schwarzenegger except the female version. Right. Yeah. So at the end of Terminator Three, turns out you can't stop Judgment Day. The Terminator, who's now good, sends John and um, Claire Dane's character. I don't remember her name. Send her off. Send them off to safety while the bombs drop. John finally takes control of his destiny. Gets on the radio and says, "I'm John Connor. I'm in charge." Skip ahead. These these are the ones you don't know. Terminator Salvation. This is the one where everybody got excited because this one actually takes place in the future. Instead of going to the past like they all do, this yeah. one's actually set during the war. It okay. looked like it was going to be a fantastic movie, right? It 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 has Christian Bale. Uh, it was Christian Bale, right? Yeah. Christian Bale is John Connor. Right. Yeah. Christian Bale is John Connor. It had Anton, I can't pronounce his last name. Yelchin? Yelchin? Yeah. Yeah. Had him as no, a young great. He was a young Kyle Reese and he was great. Really? As a young Kyle Reese. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. It had Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire Dane's character. Also, it was a great cast. It was a fantastic cast. Yeah. But the movie was bad. It was directed by McG, and it was just a not a good movie. It, it didn't have the feel of Terminator. Schwarzenegger wasn't in it, but they had a body double that they superimposed Schwarzenegger's face onto when they go to the, okay. the machine factory. And that yeah. way you can have the John Connor versus you know Terminator fight that everybody wanted. It wasn't a good film. It's not the worst film in the world, but it wasn't a good film. That movie ended with John Connor taking control. He's now in charge of everything because for some reason in this movie, he wasn't. He was still working for uh, Michael Ironside was the actual general in command. No one listened to John Connor, despite the fact he was the savior, whatever. So then we go to, I believe it was Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis, they send... (laughs) They send Kyle Reese back in time again. It's the same plot as the first movie. Except it's different. This time, Kyle Reese is played by Jai Courtney, which is bad. I don't even dislike Jai Courtney. I loved him as Boomerang or Captain Boomerang in the in the yeah. Suicide Squad. But he's not. It doesn't work. He is not Michael Bean or Anton Yelchin. He goes back in time. And when he gets to Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor actually saves him because it turns out they sent a Terminator back before he got there to stop the Terminator that went after Sarah Connor. So it's Arnold versus Arnold. It's old Arnold versus young Arnold, and then you find out I'm spoiling. You mind if I, I'm going to spoil it all here. I'm just going to spoil it all. No, yeah. Fuck it up. John Connor in the future has been taken over by the machines. So he is now evil. He goes back in time to kill his own mother. It makes no sense. It's very bad. Oh my God. They, this oh, is, this is ugh. where the movie's just like, what the fuck are you talking about at this point? Right. This is insane. This is the, the Blair witch two situation or yeah. whatever they called it. The Blair witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when it gets really bad, and it just starts to not make sense. It, it's fallen off. They're, they're just trying too hard. Then came Terminator Dark Fate. By this point, no one cared about the Terminator series. It was dead. Dark Fate was actually really, really good. You said it kind of takes a, a it diverges from the original path. It does, because what happens is in the very beginning, they send another Terminator back who it's set not long after Judgment Day, and they de-aged um, Linda Hamilton and had Edward Furlong back, even though they de-aged him too. And the Terminator yeah. fucking blows John Connor away in the very beginning. Like as a kid, Sarah Connor. Ooh. Yeah. Sarah and John are hiding somewhere in the like Caribbean or something. And the Terminator yeah. shows up and just shotguns John Connor and kills him immediately. So your savior's gone. So yeah. it changes the future. Sarah Connor becomes a Terminator hunter and she keeps getting messages about where these Terminators are going to spawn. And she goes out and murders them. And another yeah. girl from the future basically becomes John Connor, and they try to kill her by going into the past. Sarah tries to help, and it turns out the Terminator that killed her son, now that his mission is over, because he achieved it, he can't go back to the future. He's just still there. He he turns out, to, yeah. I think he's like a carpenter at this point, 
and he he's the one sending Sarah Connor these coordinates where the Terminator is coming from because over time he has become remorseful kind of over what he did to her and her son. Right. It's a good movie. It's really good. Uh, I I, I yeah. really praise that film. It's it's a good ending to the series, and I think they said they're already working on another one, which blows my mind that they're going to keep making these films because the none of them have had good box office receipts. I think since Terminator right. Three, maybe Salvation, but. At some point, you're going to lose Arnold Schwarzenegger because he's simply just getting too old for the role. You're not going to get Linda Hamilton back. And the characters that they introduced in Dark Fate, even though it was a good film, they're not the same. They're they're not characters no. you can hang your hat on. So where that, do you... Uh, was that Amelia Clark was the, the that other was Genesis. female character in that one? That was oh, Genesis. Okay, okay. She was Sarah Connor in Genesis. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I knew she was in one of them, and I couldn't remember. And she was great, by the way. She was fantastic. She She was really good in that role. She always is. She just ends up in these weird, terrible projects like Secret Invasion. I don't know. (laughs) But then they brought back Linda Hamilton for Dark Fate as an older Sarah Connor. And that was badass, too. So where do you take the series from there? Literally anywhere. Because it's so based on time (laughs) travel. I'll tell you what I want. I'll tell you what I want. This is what I want. There's a game called Robocop versus Terminator based on... Excuse me, based on a comic book series. I think you make that into a film. RoboCop is on a good trend right now. RoboCop Rogue City got great reviews. There's a lot of re- you know interest in RoboCop again. The yeah. ro- the storyline was basically that they used RoboCop's technology to create Skynet. And so RoboCop plays oh, okay. a direct part in creating the Terminators. I think you could very much easily do that movie. You have someone come back yeah. in time to stop RoboCop and the Terminators follow behind, and now RoboCop has to fight the Terminators. That's your movie. You bring together two fantastic franchises. That's what they did with Friday uh, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Jason versus uh, uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. It's just a natural progression to me. That's what I want to see. RoboCop versus the Terminator. I don't care how it goes. Just give me that. What about you? What about you when we I wrap like this that. up? I um uh, so because I don't have as much knowledge of the other stuff, my immediate thought just coming out of this movie and trying to make it just... Kind of this movie, but uh, to be fair, you know, I've got the knowledge of T2 in my head and I'm, I'm never going to be able to get rid of that. So, um, and not in a bad way, I'm just saying, I, I know those two and that's mainly what I know, plus what little I remember about three. Um, <clears throat> I want to know what happens when Skynet is done. So Dark Fate sounds like the start of something I'm really interested in. Because in every version of this, every time we've seen it, yeah, you can't stop Judgment Day, but the humans always win. I mean, Kyle Reese says in this movie, basically, the humans are winning. We've right. won. This was All a we desperation gotta do is attempt. Just make sure, yeah, right. That that the Terminator doesn't, you know, do do his thing. Um. So yeah, I mean, in a way, part of me is interested in that, but that's that's um that's the Jedi winning in Star Wars, right? I mean, that's that's the I'm sorry, that's the Rebellion winning in Star Wars. Nothing happens. We just go back to okay, the good guys won and things are normal. Here's the what new order of bad win? guys. Right, yeah. What what happens when they don't win? So it's Dark Fate, but when that happens, like okay, it sounds like from what you told me, the rest of the movie then takes place in the remaining, you know, existing time frame where Sarah Connor now becomes this, uh, you know, Terminator and all that. In the future, where John Connor isn't, you said there's there's somebody else who steps up and leads. What if there isn't? What, what if there's no savior? If the machines. Yeah. What what happens if the machines win? Let's just say. Let's just say that they win, they they accomplish everything they want. The humans are, as far as they know, eradicated. And sure, some version of that might be, well, it turns out that they weren't. There's one or two of them still, and they're hiding underground or whatever. But they're gone. What do the machines do then? What happens then? Because they've already reached a point where they have started creating organic life 
purely for the purpose of infiltration and destruction right. to send them back in time or just to infiltrate the humans like the one guy in, in the, the original one that we just watched. Um, does it reach a point where they go, well, maybe we should make more of these things. Like this is, we're the perfect evolution of humanity. And then it's, it's almost a reverse blurring of what we're doing now. You and I have talked about so many times on, on these shows, but also especially on, I want to believe with Tanner. Uh, and when we talk about AI, like when does the line get blurred? At what point are we crossing over from one side to the other? At what point does the AI become human, but in the other way? <laughs> yeah. When does it come back from, I guess, being evil, for lack of a better term, to, but now you have become the very thing you swore to destroy? Yeah. You're basically organic. You are, uh, sooner or later, the machines, because they're not totally a hive mind, are going to disagree with each other. Right. You know, somebody's calling the shots right now. At what point is it just humanity all over again? And then you kind of have uh, almost, an, and I'm not talking about the movie I Am Legend, but the, the original story. You almost have an I Am Legend story of if there is like one or two humans, you know, is there a human that has infiltrated the Terminators? Like, is this someone who <clears throat> can pass as them and has seen what they've done and is capable of like slipping through the systems? I don't know. I'm going way farther with it. That's probably going to take two or three movies to accomplish. Well, I, th but, I, um, I think you could take that and reverse it to where, like you said, I like that idea that there's one of these, you can't call them terminate terminators anymore. Cause they're not terminating anything. They're just, they do. they're right. just cyborgs. You know, this is the, oh, this is the cyborg. That's future. it. That's it. The movie is called the terminator. Again, it's just the Terminator, yeah. just the way that they've done a million times where they rename, you know, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters, even though now we call it 2016 or answer the call or whatever, just call it the Terminator again, yeah. because now it's a human who has infiltrated their, you know, sort of ranks and is like trying to fight back and be the last, you know, thing standing or whatever. And maybe, I don't know, man. maybe at the end, you could have one of the sympathetic AI cyborg people realize that everything they'd done was terrible and they send the person back in time to set up the sequel where now the human goes back in time to stop the whole process again. And fix it. Well, James yeah. Cameron, I think you owe us some money. <laughs> Honestly, please, please. Anything you would like to hand over would be great. Or just come on the show. We'll accept that too. That works. But too. we set it we'll up for you right it. there. All right. <laughs> We got to get out of here. I'd love to talk about Terminator more because I love this movie. I love this franchise, yes. but yes. We, we have to record another show because we're about to record the finale for the curse of Strahd on PZ 85 plays. Ooh. It better be the better be the finale. Oh, we're dead. We're so dead. We're absolutely going to die. <laughs> we died the last one we played. <laughs> God, we're getting bad at this, but it did happen. That's it for us tonight. The balcony is closed. Stay tuned for our next episode, which I believe is going to be on Tomorrow. tomorrow night yeah jesus tomorrow god home alone. these shows yeah. so many home Ooh. alone talk about shit kids you, uh... that annoy the hell out of you <laughs> oh macaulay culkin's one of the best child actors bringing Lindsay on for that she very much uh wanted to be part of that and i i'm not surprised this is very much up her uh up her her street so. up her street next door yeah anyway <laughs> that's it for us tonight we're gonna go die in the land of barovia <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we'll see you tomorrow for another episode of extras and epilogues here on podzilla 1985